Hi friends, welcome back to The Hangout. It's Sid. I am so excited to introduce this week's guest, Kevin Quinn, on the show. A lot of you may know him from A Week Away, which was released on Netflix last year. Uh, He recently released his debut EP called It's About Time. Of course, we dive into it in this episode, as well as talk about his journey with faith and how it's kind of incorporated in his music as well. We talk about all things music, as one does in this Hangout podcast, Um, and we just have a good time. We end the episode off with a rapid fire as well, and he shares some of his musical inspirations. He's been on tour recently for the Winter Jam and has been able to perform live and meet some of you guys again. I'm so excited for this episode. I hope you guys enjoy. Let's get right in. This is Kevin Quinn on The Hangout. Hi, friends. Welcome back to The Hangout. I am so excited to introduce our guest for this week's episode, Kevin Quinn. You might know him from A Week Away from Netflix's uh, movie uh, last year, which was released. Um, He also dropped his debut EP, It's About Time, which I will say is incredible. I've been bopping to it for the last, I don't know how many weeks at this point, Um, but let's welcome Kevin to the show. Hey, thanks everyone. Thank you, Sid. I'm so happy you like the EP. Thanks for listening. It is so good. We'll dive into it later in the show. Um, But first off, let, what's your ideal hangout? What is your typical sort of ideal chill day look like? Definitely getting outside um, and just having a cup, cup of coffee or lunch. I'm big on restaurants and food. And I also live in a neighborhood in Los Angeles that has a lot to offer, which is awesome. Uh, there's this neighborhood called Larchmont Village that mm. is pretty much like centric to the neighborhood that I live in. I live in Hancock yeah. Park. Um, and you know, I could walk or drive there and there's great coffee shops. There's like a great Greek restaurant. Um, there is like a pokey place that I enjoy. Uh, it's yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot of like great spots. And so if ever I want to meet up with a friend or, uh, just get a cup of coffee with someone, I always toss up Larchmont village as an option. That's awesome. I feel like LA does have some of the best food uh, around the country and the continent as well. They do. It's crazy. Um, But, you know, so I grew up in Chicago and I have to say Chicago might even have better food than LA. Ooh, wait, is Chicago the place that has the pizza? That's like deep dish pizza? pizza? Yeah. I don't know why. They have a lot of these like Michelin. It's very New York. Michelin star. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So their food scene is just so great. Um, like there's this one place called Gayhaz, which is okay. fondue, like Spanish fondue. And they have this like, romance acoustic guitar player always playing. Um, what else? There's this great Greek place called the Athenian Room that I grew up going to in Lincoln Park. And they make like the best chicken. It's like chicken Vesuvius or something. It's just like- My mouth is watering. My mouth yeah, is watering. Yeah, it's so good. Like it's just doused in vinegar and and those thick cut, you know, potato fries. Uh, oh my goodness. Yeah. If you're ever in Chicago, go, go check that place out. I feel like I have to now. We're also filming this episode around lunchtime. So I'm a little bit hungry and I'm ready to maybe grab a pizza after this. <laughs> Same. I'm so down. <laughs> okay. We got to talk about the EP. Oh my goodness. Uh, it's about time. Uh, take me through 
I guess this the title track of the song or of the EP. Um, did you go through some sort of epiphany, or were you like, I just gotta like create all this music and put out this EP? How did that concept sort of come together? Yeah, so uh, I got into a writing room that my label had set up. Um, it was myself, um, a producer writer named Jordan Sapp, who's <clears throat> excuse me done a little bit with like you know Jason Derulo. Uh, this guy, Torin Wells, who's kind of like a pop uh, inspirational artist who I'm actually on tour with right now. Um, and then Walker Hayes, who's a, a kind of like a country artist, but he's got like a whole swag and kind of like hip hop country. It's weird. It, yeah. You heard that song, Fancy Like? Yeah, we fancy like Applebee's on a late night. Oreo shake and a wind. Maybe if I heard. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Maybe I have. It, it was it was a pretty big song last year. Um, yeah. So like he was, I think he was like uh, performing at the Chiefs Chiefs Bengals game or something for their halftime. He he's like he got huge with that song. He was already pretty big, but yeah. Um, so anyway, it was me, Walker, Jordan in this room, and basically the conversation came up like you know what do we write about and what's been relevant um and i know that we were we were all kind of going through our own relationship with mortality mm -hmm. uh and i think it was because we had all been through something uh at that point related to grief or like loss um one of my friends passed away at a young age and his name came up in the writing room and then i think walker had also dealt with uh, some stuff in his personal life regarding loss. And so it, it just became a really relevant conversation topic, which is, you know, how do we take kind of a pretty hefty subject matter and turn it around into something positive, something anthemic or inspirational. Uh, so this whole concept, which I feel was spearheaded by Walker was kind of like, you know, it's it, at the end of the day, it's really about time uh, and how you spend it. And time is something that is pretty fleeting in essence, uh, and we we tend to we tend to take it for granted, um, you know, because we just take it as a given. And especially when we settle into the daily routine of life, or you know, the the blessings that we've been given to have that time, we tend to forget about it in an almost oxymoronic kind of way. Yeah. So that's kind of where the inception of the song came from, which is you know, the whole carpe diem sees the day, but this time more of a spin about, it's literally about time itself and how you choose to spend it every hour, every minute, uh, and how really e each minute is a blessing and, and we should take the time to acknowledge that. And then I should also say, uh, we had this really talented writer who's been in the game for a minute, Paul Duncan. Uh, we were trying to make some lyric changes to make the, the, song more cohesive when we decided to cut it and we brought Paul Duncan in and we just had like this I think like a six hour zoom session in the middle of the night um, and he was able to like tweak the tweak the lyrics a bit to give it a more cohesive storyline so then uh, we added him as a writer and uh, then we cut it and that's the song that you hear I heard six hour zoom session and I was like whoa that's a lot of time to kind Surprise. of finesse the song and everything yeah, for like, and what's crazy is we were only trying to finesse like three or four lines, but that's how tedious wow. it can be. 
It's just, you have to get the perfect lyric. You know, if you yeah. want songwriting, you have to take the time to, to put in that, you know, put in the effort to get that perfect lyric. And it's not easy. It never comes easy. Yeah. So, I think it's like writing a short film because obviously if compared to like writing a feature film, you have like the given two hours or maybe like so many hundred pages to go through. But then if you're writing a song instead of like a musical, you're writing like a three minute little cohesive poem. And to make sure you get every single point across in that small amount of time is crazy. So I admire yeah. that so much. It's so funny. So my uh, music manager is also a film producer, ironically. So nice. he, you know, he works in music, but he also dabbles in you know film production and screenwriting. Yes. And he put it to me uh, pretty, he, he made a pretty good point, which was, he basically said, you know, I was like, how'd you get into film production if you're really a music guy? And he said, well, if I can, you know, write and produce a three and a half minute song, uh, without moving images and just audio, then why can't I create a 90 minute song with moving images? And That's crazy. he, he kind of compared, you know, screenwriting with film to really the product is the song, the product is the movie. That's the asset. Um, so he's like, I, I just admired his mentality. Like, you know, if I can write a song, why can't I write a, a hour and a half movie? It's kind of the same thing. That's and so I've taken that myself. Like, yeah. I'm trying to dabble into screenwriting and I'm like, nice. I can write songs. So why can't I, why can't I write a movie? 100%. Yeah. I, I actually work in the film industry too. I work as a still photographer. And so it's kind of interesting of how you kind of put that into perspective because I'm telling stories with artists and guests like you guys. And then I go on to set and I take still images and try to capture and tell the story of the film in like one image. Uh, and so that's so interesting to put that on perspective because I never thought of it like that yeah I, I I didn't realize you were still photographer on set yeah, I feel like yeah. you know like just because I, I've been on those sets and I've seen the work that they do that you guys do mm -hmm. it's it is it's a tough job you know telling that story and, and trying to get the pieces together yeah. um, to tell that story I, I feel like on-set photographers definitely have their work cut out you guys have your work <laughs> for you yeah, it, it, it's it's a crazy industry, I will say. And the music one is just as crazy. Every I think everything creative, just being a creative too, you're just always running through this idea, that idea. How are you going to make it better? Um, yeah, honestly, I think. Ever, I was just going to say, do you ever shoot stuff like on, on stages or music, like live music? Yeah, so that's actually how I got started. I actually started as a concert photographer. And then that kind of translated into music videos and then short films. And now I'm working on like features and stuff too, which has been a really cool journey because I actually don't have like a formal photography background either. Um, so yeah. <laughs> so how long have you been doing that? Like when did you start with concerts? and Concerts, I, maybe like three, four years ago. I studied like radio and that's kind of how the podcast sort of blossomed too because I have such a big music background. And I think it also, I'm, I was going to ask you the same thing, but for you, did you kind of grow up with music around the church? Because I kind of grew up, that's kind of how I kind of introduced, was introduced to music, was going to church and listening to worship every single Sunday. And just, I think that was probably one of my favorite parts. You, you'd think for the music that I'm making that the answer would be yes, but it, it's not. Uh, it's definitely, really? I have to say, actually, it's a no on that. Oh, wow. Um, for me, music and church were always pretty separate. I mean, Whoa. you know, if I ever went to church, then of course I hear like the the guitarist that they bring in to sing a worship song or yeah. choir. 
Um, and I remember in preschool, there was this, you know, like in-house uh, church guitarist who would come and uh, every Tuesday, you know, teach us chords and stuff just for fun. So That's it's so not cool. like I wasn't exposed to it, to music at church, but um, my parents pulled me out of church uh, when I was mm -hmm. maybe five or six, uh, not church, uh, Sunday school, I should say. Yeah. Uh, and the reason being in retrospect that they didn't want to force any kind of ideals or faith on me unless I wanted to find that later in life myself. So they weren't even completely sure if I was going to find that, but they were like, you know, wow. you deserve to form your own opinions somewhere down the road when you're actually able to do so. Yeah. And I kind of respect that decision. You know, yeah. as an adult now, I'm like, maybe I would do the same thing because, it, you know, it just so happened to work out that I really did rediscover and, and find my faith. And I'm like, you know, my testimony and my faith journey might not have been the same and as powerful uh, and it, it just came to me at the right timing, you know, God's timing. Totally. I'm like, if that was forced on me, would my relationship with faith actually be a little bit different or weaker than it is now? There's just something so powerful about searching for these, you know, existential questions and answers and then finding them uh, in the place that you least expect it. So 100%. for me... I wouldn't take that back. I'm glad they pulled me out because for some reason I was supposed to be out of Sunday school. I was supposed to find my faith myself because at the end of the day, it, it that has made my faith stronger than anything, finding it at, at 21, 22 when I needed it most, you know? 100%. Wow. I like resonate so much with that because I feel like so many people are forced or feel that they're forced into uh, going to church and then they kind of lose their faith or they kind of lose track of all of that because it doesn't seem as genuine as you going to look for it for yourself and having I, those own self-discoveries. Yep. I completely agree. And I, Hey, I've heard those stories. I mean, I can tell you plenty of stories of my friends or peers who have had that situation. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of it is circumstantial. You know, if you've just grown up, it's something that you've always known and that you just always did it. And that was the way it is. Of course, at some point you may question it. Mm -hmm. um, but that's why my situation in particular, I'm just glad it worked out that way because, you know, while I did lose my faith for a bit and have to rediscover it, I just think the rediscovery itself was the most powerful thing I could have gone through. So I'm grateful for that. 100%. I, I think you also mentioned how you kind of, in previous interviews, you mentioned how you kind of lost your faith and then kind of came back to it when a week away kind of came around too. How did that all sort of tie in for you? The, it's a complex answer, but the short answer is I was going through some very, very difficult challenges uh, mm -hmm. in my personal life leading up to a week away. You know, I had mentioned grief and loss, but um, it, it was beyond that. It was stuff that I was dealing with myself that I didn't have the tools uh, to deal with or to understand mm -hmm. exactly what was happening with me. Um, some health issues in particular. Uh, so, you know, when I tried to do what I always do and just put all my creative energy, all my creative expression and, and all those troubles into my work, it just so happened that I got this audition for a, a Christian musical uh, this indie film that wasn't even with Netflix at the time it was just, you know, yeah. a one-off audition. I was like, what if I could take all this stuff that I'm dealing with and put it into this character because the breakdown says that he's broken. He's lost his parents to a car crash. He 
uh, has lost his faith. And it just felt like I am this guy. I am yeah. this character right now in this place and time. Um, so I, you know, usually I try to develop a character that has certain quirks or certain attributes because I'm, I'm creating a character. And I thought, what if I just go in for this character as me and representative of everything that I'm going through? Could that translate into this character and work for the project? So originally I had an audition for the role of Sean, which is kind of like the, you know, the bad guy, uh, bad, bad boy camp guy, whatever it is. And I, I, I took, I took a, a slightly varied version of, of that character I was, I'm telling you about here. Uh, and I ended up booking that role, but I, I read the script when I finally got my hands on a script and I said, I don't think this is the right role. Uh, I just, it, I keep gravitating towards this other character's lines, this guy will. So I called my manager and, and went in again for the audition and auditioned for Will and just took everything that I was dealing with and it, it just worked perfectly for this character. And yeah. that's when I got the role. So, you know, I think it, it was just me going through all these difficulties in my personal life and, and funneling them into my work, uh, you know, that it just, it came about at the perfect time. and. and it was meant to be. And, you know, not to mention there were some other really great things that happened on set uh, that I just felt this whole thing is, is being orchestrated by something bigger because the timing of this is too perfect. Right. I, I no longer believe in coincidences. Uh, and, and the project really did change my life in a lot of ways that I think, you know, if you're just a viewer, you, you might not realize unless you heard the whole story from me. That's crazy. I feel like I just got shivers throughout that whole story because it's like, yeah, like sometimes there's so many things that are like unexplainable that you can't even put words to. And you're just like, like, I, I yeah, I'm like speechless because it's crazy that you like, yeah, I have no words. It's crazy how stuff just happens and you know that it could be something bigger than what you And a lot of the times, you know, I agree. And, and a lot of the times when that kind of stuff just happens and, and like the bigger picture comes into play, we don't really notice it. You know, mm -hmm. if we're not really paying attention to it, then we just walk in the path and we're like, oh, this is great. You know, like this worked out. And oh, isn't that funny that that worked out the way it did, blah, blah, blah. But the key to like true understanding and for me where it, like that's where faith comes in is really you're always walking the path. So it's up to you whether or not you take the time to recognize and acknowledge the path. Like mm -hmm. that is God to me or the higher power, whatever you call it. Um, so for me, it's like, it's really up to you if you want to know what's going on, you know, like, yeah, uh, yeah, that, that's my best metaphor for, for walking the path. And yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's really great. And I'm going back to your music too. I think that's why it resonates and it's also so much more powerful than just like any other, like say pop song or whatever, because there is the deeper level if you want to believe and listen to the message that you're conveying in your lyrics. Um, I guess, take me back to like, how did you kind of find your voice with music and songwriting? Because you yeah wrote all the songs on this EP as well. And yeah. It, it took a while. Um, so before this EP, I had actually written another EP and put out like an independent EP uh, that in retrospect was pretty much what I was going through at the time. But 
not representative of the, the music that I truly wanted to make. Uh, and now I feel like I am making the music that I truly wanted to make. Uh, so, you know, I've been, I, I probably wrote over a hundred songs in that time of just developing my songwriting skills, uh, maybe four years from the time I was, you know, 19 to 23 and then Capital came on board. And so finding my voice and my sound was a process just like every other artist. Uh, but once I had found it and was able to experiment with it, uh, while still keeping true to what I, I knew was working. Uh, that was very, very freeing creatively for me. Um, and so I feel like this, this EP is the first project that I've, I'm so pleased with because it, it is absolutely representative of the music that I wanna make and, and have always wanted to make uh, and for longevity, for the long term. So, you know, really this EP is a starting point and a, and a basis for the music that I'm going to make going forward and I'm just grateful for that because you know it took a while to find my voice but when I finally found it I and seeing the fans connect with it whereas they you know uh, I don't know if they may have connected as much with the first EP I, I don't even know if I connected with the first EP as much um, but seeing the response to it has has made me feel like all right I'm making the music that I'm, I'm supposed to be making because they love it too. That's amazing. And I can like feel the passion, like you just talking about your music, like I can feel your passion through the screen, which is crazy enough. And you're also meeting fans and going on tour too right now with the Winter Jam. How has it been getting to hear, I guess, directly from the fans that you get to meet um, every single night you get to perform live for them? They love it. The energy is crazy at those shows. You'd be, I mean, You'd be surprised. Uh, we're we're playing arenas, so Winter Jam wow. as a tour has been going for I think like over twenty years. So obviously they have a pretty big fan base. Um, but yeah, I mean every arena we play, uh, I just walk out on stage and start singing. And lately, you know the fans have been rushing the stage and taking <laughs> videos, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, they're just super excited and and it's working. Yeah, and I, I just love the themes of 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 the EP, you know, like there's so many themes on this EP about love and light and good. And it's so refreshing to me because even the EP that I wrote before this, the independent EP, the lead single on that EP was called Out of the Cold. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is so representative of the journey and, and the path that I've walked since then that my lead single on this previous EP was Out of the Cold. And then, you know, the first track you hear on this new EP is Wildfire, like the juxtaposition of cold, heat, fire. Yeah. And to me, it's just so representative right off that first track of, of the kind of music that you're going to hear. I just wanted it to be positive, uplifting, because we need more music like that. Yeah. That was my mentality behind it. Do you feel that when you write these projects, that they are just like a little capsule or like time capsule of your life in the moment? Or do you feel like you're going back in time and picking up moments to throw into the current project you're working on too? I think they're definitely a moment in time. You just, mm. you capture it. And, you know, I can't tell you what the next project is going to sound like. Um, I mean, I think I have five or six years on this deal with Capital. I don't know. Um, I have to look. But that said, that means a lot more music is coming. And I can't tell you what uh, the next album EP is going to look like, but I can't imagine it would be the exact same thing. I think it's going to be a progression of course, yeah. uh, and another snapshot in time. 
And, you know, these songs, Wildfire, I'm Still Breathing, were written, some of them over a year ago, uh, and are just wow. now seeing the light of day. So, you know, if I, I, if I were writing songs today, and, you know, I do have some writing sessions on the books, I, I'd imagine that it's just going to be another snapshot in time, you know, and, and the things that I feel like writing about in this moment uh, today are, are probably quite different than the stuff that just came out on that EP. So I'm excited for the natural organic progression of the music. Yeah, because I feel like also just like as an artist, there's always new inspirations that you're going to pick up on your daily and you're just going to keep writing them down. And then the next session you go into for the next project, you're just going to be like, oh, OK, like this is not even the same to what you were or where, what headspace you were in in the previous session for that previous album or EP, too. So totally. I think that's going to be super exciting. Yeah. And I, I just feel like, you know, regarding the whole snapshot in time thing, life changes. There are seasons to life. Uh, and you may not be in the same place mentally or even physically that you were uh, just a year ago. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like so many changes are constantly happening in my life. Uh, now I'm on tour and uh, I haven't been home as often. I have stuff I want to write about that, some of the stuff I'm going through, um, whether good or bad. So I think just the natural progression and, and those seasons of life and how they change uh, really are always going to lead to a different song that's being written. Yeah, well, nobody expected a pandemic to happen in the last two years and let alone see that it's still going on right now, too, is crazy. Be over. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need it to be over, too. too. We all are. <laughs> um, our, our, the, the reason why I created this podcast was to share stories about how music has impacted people in their own ways across so many different like walks of life and everything how do you think music has impacted your life in your own way I think the music that I'm listening to or that I somehow stumble across actually informs my songwriting um you know because I feel like with any other industry the, the music industry being what it is I think a lot of artists are listening to other artists a lot of writers are you know picking up other writers songs and techniques um so i think with that the music industry also as an industry itself kind of organically changes over time mm -hmm. like for instance this whole 80s renaissance of music where you're hearing a lot of synths yeah uh, you know i think like uh oh 70 shake guilty conscience where it's like super 80s synthy or anyone by justin bieber where it's almost like feels like toto or some mm. kind of 85 so I'm like, you know, the industry kind of progresses by itself. Uh, and I think as just an active songwriter and musician myself participating in that, I, I, I pick up, you know, certain things that I like that other writers are doing uh, or that I hear other artists are doing. Always keeping it original, but just saying that, you know, what you hear definitely influences and informs the kind of music that you feel people are responding to or that is relevant uh, while still keeping originality. Mm, that's so interesting. Yeah, because I feel like um, we were talking to another artist the other day and we were saying how nobody has one specific genre anymore. Everyone is kind of a blend of everything at this point and nobody, yeah, nobody can just define themselves as just like, I'm only like a pop artist at this point or I'm only like a country artist. Like you're pretty much everything at this point. So true. Yeah, I don't, I don't think labels are, are necessary. I think, mm -hmm. you know, it's really just 
make the music that you want to make. And if you're listening to music, if you're a fan or a listener, then listen to the music that you like. Uh, mm -hmm. Don't focus so much on, you know, labels or, or you know what I mean? What, yeah. what, what is this music really in essence of its genre? Oh, well, is it this? Okay, well, I can't listen to it if it's that. No, just, yeah. you know what I mean? Listen to the music that you want to listen to and that, that fulfills you, gives you joy. Yeah, that was another topic that we talked about before too on the show. It was that sometimes people are a little bit scared to admit that they listen to this music or that music because then it kind of cookie cuts them or defines them and sort of what genre that they enjoy. And then you're kind of placed with that sort of like group or fandom per se. And then it's like, we're just all here to enjoy music and hopefully get some sort of escapism or some relatability or understanding of what you're probably going through in the moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, when it comes to putting people in a box or putting the music that you listen to in a box, there's just no benefit to it. There's no real point in doing that. Um, I think a lot of it too is, you know, do you like the artist? You know, do you, do you like the message that the artist is putting out? Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I, I wouldn't be able to listen to an artist whose voice I didn't necessarily you know, look up to as a role model or respect. So I think that, you know, even in the music that I choose to listen to, um, a lot of it is, is the artist. Do I like the person, you know, as who they are uh, for making the music that they are making? And, and do I respect that music? I think it's important, you know? I totally get that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess, take me back to your earliest memory of music. Uh, when did you first pick up uh, like what was the first instrument that you played for me it was just vocals I just oh, wow. remember singing around the house so I guess if that's an instrument it's just yeah yeah I just always felt like I had really good control of my voice mm. when I whenever I did decide to use it uh and that I always knew what sounded good as I was singing it so I feel like you know now that I have a career in music it, it kind of it gives me freedom to mess around with ad-libs or, you know, certain sounds that, or, or certain registers, tones that I can throw into a song to kind of match the message. A really technical way of thinking of vocals, but that's kind of how it's been. Uh, and then not to mention, I, I did take a few guitar lessons and piano lessons with teachers and on YouTube. So if I really wanted to, I could play guitar and piano on stage. But for me personally, I just love being able to move around, be mobile with the mic yeah. in my hand um, and having like a band back me up. It's just, it gives me more freedom to perform, I think. Cause you know, if you are trying to perform, of course you can do that by playing keyboard or guitar, but it does kind of make you a bit stagnant. Yeah. And I'm also a big fan of, you know, like choreography and stuff. Cause I do know how to move. I do know how to dance. So nice. if I ever had like a produced show, then I would probably just try to move around as much as possible to keep the inertia going as opposed to staying stagnant for too long um, with a guitar or piano. Oh, but we're fully I, expecting a Kevin Quinn tour at some point sooner than later. <laughs> like, hey, I love <laughs> headliner. It. Yeah, I may be going on a, a short tour in the fall that I'm now getting rumblings of, um, but I think that'll be a few markets, maybe five or six. Uh, some of the some of the super fan markets of, of those who have, you know, been responding well to Winter Jam and 
so there, there will be a, an opportunity for that and probably not too far off in the distant future. That's so exciting. I also always am questioning people who play guitar because they make it look so easy, but it's so difficult and I don't understand how people make it like I don't know they just play it as if it's literally nothing <laughs> hey I'm no Jimi Hendrix I, that's the other <laughs> thing like there are certain yeah John May I got a John Mayer poster and oh my, my goodness <laughs> but like two guys right there that just rock out on guitar and I'm like how it's insane. You, yeah how do you even know how to play the instrument like that um it, it's weird like it, it's yeah. almost too good in a way that seems kind of genius you know if you if you've ever listened to like Jimi Hendrix or John Mayer stuff it's it almost like, like they speak through their guitar you know I was I mean? just gonna say the exact same thing it sounds like the guitar is speaking and I don't know how you manipulate an instrument like that it, yeah so like insane. in the same way you know an artist may do vocal ad-libs or you know change their tone they do that same thing through their guitar. And I just think that's the coolest thing. I could never do that if I'm being <laughs> honest. That's why I don't play guitar on stage. I, I could carry a rhythm, but I am no Jimi Hendrix whatsoever. So. Oh my goodness. Where do you want to see yourself grow as an artist in the next couple of years? Uh, for me, I would feel so much uh, accomplishment and fulfillment to have my own arena tour. Um, I think that's a, a goal, you know, I, I don't think that's a goal that's going to happen overnight, but, you know, within the next three or four years or so, uh, if I could do that, I, I'd be very, I'd be very happy and grateful. Um, I keep thinking, you know, as I do this Winter Jam tour, uh, and I, you know, there's just all these fans in the arena and all of them who are turning out to come see all these great, talented artists and acts play, you know, I always scope out that, that group of two young people over there or that couple in their 30s that is really enjoying my music and and you know is on a date night I pick these people out in the crowd each show and I'm like okay I need an arena full of you you your time <laughs> you know what I mean um, yeah because they're just the ones who are, are getting it and understanding the music and, and vibing with it so I think down the line three four years if, if I can successfully uh grab those people and, and put them on an arena room together uh, that'd be a huge dream come true for me that's amazing we're going to be here to support and watch that journey because yeah your music is amazing uh let's do a quick rapid fire uh okay. uh what is your go-to karaoke song anything by john mayer uh your yeah. favorite disney ride um in credit coaster at disneyland that's a good a one. You cut, but a good one. <laughs> uh, your go-to instrument, which I mean, probably probably piano over guitar. Mm, yeah, really nice. Uh, your ideal vacation. Um, I, I I I would love to go to Scandinavia. That's actually high on my list. Uh, oh wow! I, I had a layover in Stockholm once, but that's the closest I've gotten. I, particularly Finland, like Helsinki, Finland, or the Arctic Nordic Ar Arctic circle see the that's so cool Islands, stay in like one of those igloo hotels that's pretty high on my list right now that is so cool uh next person you want to see live um bon Iver, which i don't know if you would expect but i love bon Iver. i've heard good things i guess i've I'm heard a good things <laughs> yeah i saw him concert like th three or four years ago at the hollywood bowl and uh, I haven't seen him since. So I'd love to see Justin Vernon back out on stage. 
Yeah. Uh, and your dream collab. Maybe Ed Sheeran. Ooh. I feel like we could maybe get something cool together or Taylor yeah. Swift. Yeah. I, I could see it. <laughs> or Lana Del Rey if I wanted to do something super, you know, vibey. That is a vibe. Yeah. Or Tori uh, Kelly. Tori Kelly. She, she kind of gets the whole inspirational, you know, she's super of a super positive force. I'd love to do that. Or my buddy, Andy, Andy Minio, uh, who I toured with in 2020, kind of like a Christian rap kind of vibe, Chance the Rapper. Oh, interesting. I, okay, interesting. now I'm just naming too many people. I have too many, <laughs> <laughs> I have too many people on my list. Yeah. Um, okay, and every single week we ask our guests to give us three songs that you think people should listen to right now. Um, God is by Kanye West. Um, Unsung Hero by For King and Country, which my girlfriend showed me last night, and I really like that song. Just came out. Um, or I Feel It by John Bellion featuring Burna Boy. For a Ooh. Good Sounds like a good three songs. Uh, and my three songs for this week, well, because we have an artist, listen to Kevin Quinn's music. Uh, it's about time, the whole EP. I think there's five tracks on there. You can listen to all of those. So I mean, like, technically, that's more than three tracks given already. But uh, let me see. What's a, what's a, let's put a bonus one. Let me pull up the Spotify. Yeah, I realize um, my rap fire is very slow. <laughs> like, all right, rapid fire. Hmm, let me take 30 seconds. Um, slowly articulate <laughs> uh griff griff is an artist that i've got my eye on head on fire oh, yeah. she's released a song with singrid and uh that song is a bop right now that i am jamming to uh save that on apple music <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah well thank you so much kevin for coming on to the hangout and hanging oh, out yeah. um it was such a fun time i probably could talk to you for like another couple hours about pretty much everything uh but you're welcome to come back on the show to talk about anything and whenever you go on tour again too if you come to vancouver let's hang out in person and try to get to <laughs> rogers oh yeah <laughs> oh yes yes i yes. saw Fleetwood Mac in vancouver and that was awesome i, I am that i wanted to go to that show so badly my parents went without me and uh i didn't get to go <laughs> yeah you missed out. What can I say? I know. Yes. Um, I know. But thank you so much for having me, Sid. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat. And yeah, I'd love to come back. Yay. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening to this week's episode of The Hangout. That was Kevin Quinn. Thanks for hanging out. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Leave us a comment and review on our YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're tuning in from. Make sure to like and subscribe as well so you know when new episodes come out. I would also really appreciate it. You can follow us along on all of our socials at The Hangout CA. That's it for now. We'll see you next week.